This is the Business and Leadership Podcast with Jared Graybeal. Hey guys, welcome back to the Business and Leadership Podcast. Uh, This is Jared Grabiel, your host, bringing you the next episode. Um, On this particular episode, we're going to talk about how to regain your focus. Now, if you haven't lost your focus, then simply retitle the message, How to Acquire Focus in the First Place. Um, I uh, have a little backstory for this, and I'll get into that. Um, But before I do, I want to apologize. I know there's been a lapse in time from the last episode to this episode, which ironically is due to some things that really knocked me out of focus. And I have a hierarchy of priorities. And honestly, recording this particular podcast falls lower on the priorities than, you know, my full time career, my side hustle, my friendships, things like that. So I'm glad to be back um, recording another episode. And like I said, sorry that it's been a little while. Today's episode is about focus. Um, and it starts with a question. Have you ever heard of or taken the Clifton Strength Finder test um, or the Gallup Clifton Strength Finder test? It is an online assessment that helps people identify, understand, and maximize their strengths. It basically shows you what your top five strengths are. And one of mine is focus. What you do throughout the test is you're going to answer a series of questions. None of them are right or wrong. You're timed on each question. So you're going to answer the questions quickly to the best of your ability. And then the response is going to be your top five strengths. And like I said, one of mine is focus, the ability to really zone in. Um, but in my opinion, and from my internal point of view of uh, the past year, it would show that I really fell short of this being one of my top strengths. Don't get me wrong. In 2019, I accomplished a lot of great things, in my opinion, and I reached a lot of my my goals. But throughout the year, more than any other year, I found myself spread thin, uh, scatterbrained, and stressed out from having committed to too many things, which in turn weakened my focus. That's why I've committed focus as my word and my objective for the whole year of 2020. Not that I won't be working on many other things, but I know that if I can dial in on this one particular thing, everything else I care about will grow. And what I mean by that is um, eliminating the distractions for next year, setting my goals ahead of time, and really identifying what it is that's the most important in my life and sticking to those things next year. Um, So you might be asking, based off the context, Uh, If this guy sucks at focus, then why is he talking about it or teaching on it or writing about it? And I get you for sure. But remember that technically it is one of my natural top five strengths. Um, I just had to have the humility to recognize that I had let it fall by the wayside and that it was negatively affecting my lifestyle and my goals. Um, So now I'm going to explain how I aim to regain my focus Um, increase my strength in this area, and how you can too. So the next question really is, have you ever felt like you've lost focus? Um, Have you ever felt like you've never really gained focus? Maybe you're a young person transitioning from college into the workplace, or you want to transition from the workplace into a, a field of entrepreneurship. And that's a big transition because going from a structured lifestyle where someone else has predetermined what your day looks like to now structuring your own lifestyle 
it is almost inevitable that you will lose focus. So if you're one of those people, I really want you to tune in um, and maybe even take notes or go on to jaredgrabiel.com and check out the blog. This podcast is literally transcribed into blog format for you to read. Um, And here's my three-part process for getting back on track with your life, with your goals, and ultimately with focus. So the first part or the first step is to understand your personal mission, your vision, and your values. I believe that we've all been created and designed specifically for a purpose. If God has a vision for your life, then so should you. Now, it took me a bit of time, but in the last five years, I've identified my my mission, which is my purpose, my vision for the future, and the 12 values that support those statements. Much like building a business plan, if you want to pitch investors, you, you know, your first or second page has to have the company's mission, the company's short and long-term vision, and the supporting statements or the core values that support those other statements, the mission and the vision. Um, now, if you've already taken time to identify what these are for you already, then you just need to revisit them. I try to read mine to myself every day, and normally when I feel like my life is getting a little off track, it's most likely because I've, I've let that habit fall by the wayside. It takes me about maybe six minutes to like really meditate on my mission, vision, and values, but that's six minutes that I can forget to do or just not prioritize in the day um, over time. So I, I try to get back on track by reading that to myself every day, and it helps keep my eyes on the prize or the top priorities of my life. Um, But if you haven't already established what these are for you, then what I would do practically is mark off a few hours in your calendar over the next week and spend time alone really thinking and praying about your mission, your vision, and your values. Again, your mission is simply your purpose in life. Um, It's why you feel like you were designed or why you feel like you were created um, and what you're intended to do in this life. It doesn't have to be super specific. Mine, for example, is to encourage, educate, and empower others to live happier, healthier lives. Um, Yours could be a lot different, but defining what that is for you is going to help you stay on track. Um, The next step. So the first step is to understand your mission, your vision, and your values, and then to read those to yourself every day. The next thing is learning to say no. Once you've identified your mission, your vision, and your values, you should have a good idea of what it will take to accomplish your goals, both in the short term and the long term. Some of us waste too much time and energy doing things we don't enjoy or things that don't add value simply because we don't know how to politely decline our friends, our family, our coworkers when they invite us to to things or they ask us to do things. Now, please take this particular advice into context And know that I'm not advising you to tell your spouse no. I'm not advising you to tell your boss no. Because some things need to get done and they aren't negotiable, right? Like you can't argue with your spouse over doing something because it's not something you want to do in line with your mission, right? Like you need to share the dishes responsibility or whatever. So that's not what I'm saying. But common sense will give you an idea of the things in your life that I'm referencing. Now, here's a few tips on saying no. The first one is to be honest. I think we could eliminate a lot of time wasting if we're honest with ourselves and if we're honest with other people. For example, if your boss offers you the opportunity and says, hey, do you want to do X, Y, and Z? 
And if you really don't want to do X, Y, and Z, um, if you feel like it's not in alignment with your vision or your long-term mission or your goals for working for this company, you simply just be honest about it. I appreciate the offer, um, but I'm going to have to pass because I'm really focused on this other project that you already gave me. Um, but please, you know, next time something comes around, I'd still love to be considered for it, but thank you. Um, so just be honest. The second tip is to explain why, if necessary, but don't make excuses. One thing I see a lot of times is when people do have the courage to say no, they make excuses. And in my opinion, oftentimes excuses are a form of lying and I really don't appreciate it as a leader and, and as a, as a manager, you know, as an owner of a company. So explain why if it's necessary. Um, but don't make excuses. Be very straightforward. Um, the next one is to keep it simple. One mistake I see a lot of people make when they decide to say no is that they go on and on on why they can't do this thing or why they can't make it to this party. And you just got to be straightforward. I can't make it. I'm sorry. I have plans that night. Or I really want to get some rest. I've been working really hard. Just keep it simple. Um, and the last tip for saying no is to be confident and don't over apologize. I would say don't even apologize if it's not necessary. You have the right to say no. Um, but if it is something in which you feel like you've let someone down, uh, maybe you normally watch the game with your friends on Thursday and this particular Thursday you can't make it. Say, guys, I'm sorry I can't make it. I really need to get some rest. Or I'm sorry I can't make it. I planned a, a date with the, the wife or you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm late on a project. Um, but don't over apologize. That gives people too much power over you, which is really a whole nother conversation. Um, but you need to be bold in your ability to say no. Now, the first step is understand your mission, your vision, your values. And the second step is to learn to say no. Now, the third step or the third tip is to audit your time. This is a really big one. People devalue time day in and day out. And I think it's the most important resource in the world. Um, I schedule mostly everything that I do. But over time, it seems like it's inevitable that unnecessary tasks end up on my plate. And I'm sure the same is for you. Conversely, new and important responsibilities stack up while I'm still somehow managing to do the old tasks that got me where I am today. Now, this is when an audit comes into play. I would recommend doing a deep clean once every three months and ask yourself three questions. The first question is this, what can I eliminate? Now, when you audit your time, you will recognize a few small things that simply just don't need to be done. You may have to have a quick conversation with your boss, a coworker, a spouse before you ultimately quit doing these things. But these things are the things that if you didn't ever get done again, would they negatively change anything else? If the answer is no, then you can just stop. This can, uh, this act can add a few minutes back to your day, which day over day, year over year can add back a ton of time. So again, what can I eliminate from my day to day that won't negatively affect me or anybody else? What can I just eliminate? The second thing is, what can I automate? There are plenty of apps or services out there that automate plenty of roles for very cheap, if not for free. And the most practical way for me to explain this I would ask, what am I doing now that an affordable robot can probably do? It's a funny question, but in 2019 going into 2020, it's a very valid question. What am I doing now that an affordable, if not free, 
robot can probably do. Once you identify a few things, simply jump on Google and ask how to automate X, Y, and Z. Most likely there's going to be an app that pops up. There's going to be a virtual assistant service that pops up for very cheap. Um, So the second question is, what can I automate? And the third question is, what can I delegate? This is a little more complicated. And I would ask these in order. What can I eliminate first? What can I automate second? And last, what can I delegate? If you work for a growing company, or if you're at least in a growing role, delegation needs to be one of your strongest weapons as a leader. I'll say that again. If you work for a growing company, or if you are at least in a growing role, delegation needs to be one of your strongest weapons as a leader. Once you've audited your time and identified all the things that take up your time that may not serve you or your organization best to do yourself, and if you have important stuff left over after eliminating and automating stuff, now it's time to delegate. This is how you raise up leaders and high performance alongside of you. So I know a couple different leaders that have a couple different rules. Um, I think Zig Ziglar said if somebody can do something 80% as good as you, have them do it. Um, I, I'm not sure if it was Zig Ziglar, but you know one of those guys. And then I know Craig Rochelle says if somebody can do something 50% as good as you, have them do it. I try to find a happy medium. And I think if somebody can do something 70% as good as me with the potential of getting better, I will have them do it. I will teach them to do it. So the questions are, what can I automate? I'm sorry. What can I eliminate? What can I automate? And what can I delegate? And that's in order to audit your time and open up some more time for the new roles and the new tasks that are finding themselves on your plate. Now, here's a couple bonus hacks for focused time once you've done the three-step process. The first thing is the do not disturb feature on my iPhone has recently become my best friend. Like most people, I have a hard time ignoring the vibration or the ring from my phone. But when I'm trying to do focused work, I simply put it on do not disturb and I turn my phone upside down. And I only check it when I really need to or when I'm done with the task or the project that I'm working on. Another thing is carry a mini notebook. This is something new I've been trying. I often have thoughts or ideas that need to be written down. But when I pick up my phone to write it down in my notes, somehow I end up answering text messages or scrolling on Instagram. I've adopted using a small notebook to write down these things. So if they are important, they can go on my phone later or in my agenda later when I have my phone back in my hand. And another thing is simply tell people when you're trying to focus. This is a big one. When I'm in the office, we have an open door policy. I want the staff to feel comfortable asking for help or having conversation. But if I know for at least the next hour, I'm going to be doing something that needs like intense focus. If I'm writing something, creating a proposal or even just brainstorming, I ask them to email me instead and I'll get to it ASAP. So simply just tell people, hey, over the next hour, I'm really trying to focus. Now, this is my final recommendation. If anything, this might be the most important thing. Take your time and don't expect too much from yourself. Yes, you should be ambitious. And yes, you should set high expectations and lofty goals. But you know yourself better than anyone. And you need to be real so you don't discourage yourself in the long run. Don't try to take all these steps and apply them overnight. Pick one, knock it out, then move on to the next. Within a few weeks, you will be a way more focused person and you'll love it. Just remember, one thing at a time. All right, guys, that's the next episode of the Business and Leadership Podcast. I hope you'd enjoyed it. 
I hope you took anything practical and effective to apply to your life. Like I said, my mission in life is to encourage, educate, and empower others to live happier, healthier lives. I hope this strengthens your leadership. I hope this strengthens your performance in the workplace. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, share it with a friend. Um, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'd love your feedback. So feel free to follow me on Instagram, Jared Axel Grabiel. Shoot me a message on like what you'd like to learn about next. And until next time, uh, God bless. Have a good one.